Live from ClickOrlando.com, this is News 6 at 5.30. This is a News 6 Plus takeover. Here now is Matt Austin and Ginger Gadston with Florida's Fourth Estate. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another fantastic edition of Florida's Fourth Estate. I love when we broadcast from our world headquarters here in the newsroom. I'm Ginger Gadsden. And I'm broadcasting from the world headquarters of the playroom. Uh, so this is <laughs> this is Barbie Dreamhouse is about six feet away from me. Glad you are with us for another edition. And of course, before we get into a fantastic interview we had with someone who survived a shark attack, and I'm saying real deal. Nasty shark attack in the state yeah. of Florida. We want to get you your headlines for the week. Certainly an interesting week in Florida. If you were paying attention or if you weren't, this is where we like to get you caught up. The big headline of the week, I would say, the one that garnered some national headlines, is that Florida lawmakers approved permitless carry. Okay, And I think there's been not much of a conversation about this. I think there is some confusion about exactly what it is. So let's talk about it. We thought this would be uh, the right place to do it. So permitless carry basically means like right now, if you wanted to carry a concealed gun in the state of Florida, you would have to get yourself a concealed carry permit. Lawmakers are saying, well, at least some lawmakers, half of them are vehemently against this, but the majority are for it, Republicans versus Democrats, is that they want it to be easier for regular citizens, law-abiding citizens to carry guns. So basically, you could go and if you have a handgun or some concealed weapon, you can walk around and conceal it without ever taking a course. That is now the law of the land. This is not an outlier in the United States. Florida is now joining 25 other states in having permitless carry. Now, there has been some confusion because the initial bill came out and it was for open carry of firearms, and they have done away with that. The Republicans did not have enough support to where you could openly carry a firearm with all of the same lack of rules, basically. So, not open carry, and these guns are still prohibited in places like airports, courthouses, and government buildings. And that's where some people say lawmakers are a bit hypocritical because the first thing you do when you walk into that state house where these lawmakers who make the rules are mm -hmm. is, Ginger, you walk right through a metal detector and they make sure you are not, in fact, carrying, <laughs> carrying a concealed weapon. Yeah. So, uh, you know, it's interesting. Uh, both sides on this one uh, are, are vehemently opposed to the other and uh, the Republicans have the numbers. So again, uh, permitless carry now legal in the state of Florida, but I, I just wanted to make sure people know it is not open carry and it is still not allowed in certain places. Our other headline that uh, garnered a lot of attention, Matt, which was just tragic and sad, and it happened in Orange County, Florida. It was uh, the story of a 15-year-old girl who was actually a stripper in a nightclub, and the owners of that nightclub, like the general manager, the manager, like four people were arrested for basically human trafficking of this child, but they all claimed they had no idea that she was actually just 15 years old. And they're facing a host of charges right now. And they said they did not know she was as young as she is, but they never asked for ID. And this club had been monitored. They'd been, uh, police authorities have been watching this club for a while now. And when they saw this girl, they asked her for ID and they asked her for a driver's license. Well, if you're 15, guess what you don't have? You don't have your driver's license. So that's when they figured out she was too young. And they said that, that she was being... Uh, 
pretty much just abused in this way uh, from 2019 uh, to 2021. And when you hear about this, she said that she had to work. This is according to her. She had to work to help support her own mom. It's a horrific story, a tragic story. And no 15-year-old should have to go through something like this. She should just be in school, being a teenager, and just living her best life. Instead, she's caught up in this horrific case, which is just heartbreaking when you read the details about it. Yeah, I'll tell you, having daughters, uh, it's a heartbreaker on this one. She said she took that role without the proper license because her mom didn't have a job. As you said, she did it to take care of her mom. She also told investigators she has jobs doing nails, hair, in addition to performing at other, this caught my attention, at other adult entertainment clubs around the area. So we could see more arrests in this case if they find out that this young lady was doing this at other places. Yeah. There's a bit, I mean, human trafficking carries a real deal sentence. Four people so far are charged. We're going to have to wait and see. Uh, But man, just a. And and it's one of those problems. It is a big problem here in Florida. And anytime you hear of a young woman or a young child missing, that's one of the first things they check for is is that person being human trafficked somewhere else. And they, you know, it's just. Anyway, it's awful. It's icky. And uh, so we do, we, we like to keep this show mostly positive so uh, we're gonna kind of turn that was noteworthy that was no that was it was uh, that was not a good positive story so we're gonna turn it around now and try to get you a story about how some emergency crews have this incredible amount of training okay so these firefighters were called out in sanford to rescue a cow stuck in the mud when we show you the video you can barely see the cow i mean this poor thing is like snorkeling in the mud basically And when you watch the video, it was strapped in there, they think for about 24 hours. The rescue took three hours. And I'm talking in the blazing heat. It has been so hot. You couldn't even see the cow. No, you couldn't see the cow. So (laughs) so they're like, but they're just taking care of it. You can see them petting the cow. You can see at one point they bottle feed the cow water. And apparently they told us on scene that they have trained for this. It's not apparently they train for cats and trees, uh, cows and mud puddles, and every other thing that they have to rescue humans from. So pretty amazing that they were able to get this done in three hours. They had to dig out sort of an elevated slope and get that poor exhausted yeah. cow out of there. And uh, but very cool. You just have to have a lot of respect for our emergency crews who are able to turn on the dime from rescuing people from a burning house to. Pulling a cow uh, out of the deep cow. mud puddle. Yeah. They said the poor cow was probably trying to get across that little puddle thing to get to its source of water, and then it just got stuck, which is uh, why I loved seeing the first responder bottle feeding it water, because it was thirsty. And I'm like, all right. But they got it out of there. Every lady, I think, enjoyed uh, that aspect. Oh. A big, burly firefighter <laughs> bottle feeding a cow. <laughs> I know. I enjoyed it. Yes, I um, bet you did. <laughs> So it was great. Okay, we're sticking with our animal theme a little bit. And this one is not going to be surprising. But since, Matt, you and I were just out at Gatorland not long ago, we we feel as if we are gator experts now. Absolutely. So this happened in Melbourne. This family comes out to to their pool. We do stories like this all the time. And there is this six-foot gator. And you know, it's been extremely hot. This thing is just chilling in the family's pool. They said it had been in the house initially. 
And then oh, did they really? Like, oh. I missed that part they, of the story. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and so now it's it was just making the rounds. It's like, hey, this pool is nice. Mm. I think I'm going to stay here right now. Six feet long. And you know, you know what time of year it is, right, Matt? You know what the gators are doing. <laughs> That's the noise they make for mating season. That's how they get the gals. <laughs> well, expect them to be lining up at your door right now because oh, yeah, you just made that sound and they can probably hear it 10 miles away. Yeah, but you know, they called in FWC and so they helped remove it. And I don't know if they put this one down because sometimes they do if it gets too comfortable with people, but I think they just relocated this one, which is always the best case scenario. And sometimes if it's a nuisance gator, Gatorland will come and get it and they'll be like, okay, we'll we'll take this and we'll give it some steak or chicken That's or whatever. Right. Yeah. So, yeah, people think no one got hurt. You could see in the picture, which I actually have the picture from the Facebook page. Look at the deputy's face in this one. He's, <laughs> He's like, oh, what? I didn't sign up for this. Oh, Can I taste this guy? For that. Yeah, no. Yeah, well, apparently he's got, <laughs> I just love the look on his face as the trapper is uh, doing some good work oh, there. Oh, but, yeah, I mean, they said somewhere between six to eight feet, this gator. So a pretty good one. But if you look in the background there. That's a screen mm -hmm. enclosure or a pool cage, as some people from the north call them. I, I'm not into that. I call it a screen, a screen enclosure. enclosure. That's what we call it in the Austin house. And people think because they've got a screen enclosure that it's going to keep no, the sir. gators out. Well, apparently no, the gator will just go right through your kitchen to get to that pool. <laughs> Stop <laughs> at the fridge, get a cold one. That's and right. Then head out to the pool. <laughs> mm -hmm. And head out to the nice, cool pool. Hey, gators aren't the only thing you have to worry about in the state of Florida. After the break, we're going to talk to a guy who was attacked by a shark. And man, he was worried he was going to maybe lose his toes. When it went a little bit lower, all of my toes would be gone. Easily, like with like, that. And then it would have been just living a whole totally different life. You know, I'm fairly active and I, I've surfed my entire life. I like to bike, I run, I do everything. So, you know, to now have to live without having toes, it, that, would have, that would have sucked. Very interesting character. You'll meet him in just a minute. Welcome back to Florida's Fourth Estate, everyone. You know, one of the reasons we all love Florida, besides the sunshine, we love the beaches, we love the water and being in the water, right? But the thing that really creeps people out or kind of scares them a little bit is what's lurking in the water. Our guest today had an encounter you don't ever want to have yourself. And we're just thankful that he's here with us today, Matt. Ginger's thankful it was him and not her, I think is what she's trying to say, which is a terrible thing to say. But we, no, we, we have these news stories all the time about people who are bitten by a shark and then we don't ever hear from them. So we were interested to hear what the experience uh, is like. And so we've got Matt Piccarelli here for us. He is from Stewart and he was out surfing in Fort Pierce. And you can see the crutches behind him there in his yeah. shot. Uh, when unfortunately, yeah, he got bitten. And I think some people, you know, I'm glad we're talking to you, Matt, because I think people hear this and they think like, oh, it probably nipped them. It wasn't a big deal. Oh, they're okay. Mm. They probably walked away from it. You had a pretty terrible experience with this shark. Can you kind of take us back to what you were doing and how it happened? 
Yeah, so uh, just to kind of give some background to what, how that built up to that day, that Sunday, Friday and Saturday, I was in the water. I was surfing for four to six hours each day. So I've, at that point, I've been in the water for 12 to 15 hours uh, on a Friday and Saturday. Sunday, I was burnt out. I was chill. I just hopped in the water really quick just to kind of get a quick little cool off. And I was only in the water for 15 minutes and I got bit. So um, it was just, it was surreal. It was crazy. You know, I was hopping in the water for a little bit, caught a wave. Right when I caught a wave, something grabbed my foot. And I went right when it bit me, I turned around. I saw the shark. It kind of flailed in the water and just swam away really, really quick. So it happened within a split second, you know, and this is a crowded beach. There was other people in the water. There's other surfers in the water, you know, and it picked me out of all the people. So it was, it was pretty crazy. Uh, overall. And um, once it once it bit me, I was with a friend. So I, I told her, hey, we got to get out of the water. I got bit. She thought I was joking. I literally grabbed her. I said, get out of the water, get out of the water. Oh she still thinks gosh. I'm joking. I get to the shore. We both look down and that was just... It's a bad a situation with your yeah, foot. Yeah, it was, okay, it was so bad. It's take me back to the moment where the bite actually happened. First of all, yeah. are you even realizing it's a bite? You look back at the shark. Can you tell how big the sucker is? Right when it bit me, I, I saw it. I saw its fin. I saw its tail. It was wiggling. It was, it was, you know, it, it was big. You know, it was probably, four, to me, it was big. It was four or five feet. I mean, that's the closest I've ever been to a shark. You know, I've been in the water with sharks before, especially spinner sharks, where they've come out of the water. So... Uh, for it to be right next to me, it gives a different perspective overall. So. That's what I was thinking. You're, you say four or five feet, and I think people at home are like, oh, yeah, I've seen a four or five footer behind glass. You didn't yeah, see yeah. it attached to your <laughs> leg. Yeah. So, yeah. And, and this thing was able to unfortunately do some damage to you. Like, I know that yeah. it caused a big gash, and it did it also get a hold of a tendon? What happened? Yeah, so I it was, I mean, the scene of it was brutal. There was blood everywhere uh, when I got uh, onto the beach and people started, started to help me and, and bring me into the, you know, the main beach area so I could sit down and kind of relax. But yeah, it was, uh, fully open wound. I almost lost all my toes, uh, oh. 50 stitches, broken tendon, chip bones. So I have to be six weeks, six weeks off my feet. So I got to see what's going to happen with PT and, and how, what the recovery time will be like though. But I'm hoping it's going to be, I'm going to bounce back. So I'm pretty healthy. So We'll see what happens. Well, that's, I mean, that's a great thing. It's so, I mean, it sounds like your prognosis, you won't know exactly until you start PT, but you're going to keep your toes, right? Yes. Yes, I will okay. keep my toes. That was the major factor because even when it happened, I thought I lost my toes when it originally happened um, because I just, and even if you look at the pictures, if it would have went a little bit lower, all of my toes have been gone easily, yeah. like within like, that. And then it would have been, just living a whole totally different life. You know, I'm fairly active and I've, I've surfed my entire life. I like to bike, I run, I do everything. So, you know, to now have to live without having toes, it, that would have that sucked. So I'm very, very blessed with what has happened to me uh, overall. Yeah, I'm glad you're going to be okay. Does it give you any pause? I mean, every, I feel like every news story we do, we always ask the person who got bit by the shark when we do get to talk to them, are you going to go back in the ocean? And they always say... <laughs> Yes, I'm going to go back in the ocean, and I, I hope you do. So I'm going to ask you that cliche question: Are yeah. you going to head back in, or is it is it going to mess with you for a while? Yeah, that's a good question. I mean, I, I say right now that I'm going to go back in. I'm, there's probably going to be some. I'm going to be scared a little bit. Um, it's it's one of those things. I'm not really. I don't really know what's going to happen until I actually do it. 
me right now say I, I'm totally going back in. I'm going to be more cautious in general. You know, I used to do open swims in the water because doing tries. So I probably won't do that anymore. But as far as surfing goes on a board with other people around, I'm, I'm, I'm cool for that. I'm fine with that. You know what, that Matt? Thank you for being honest and saying that you're a little scared because I feel like that's a hard thing for someone who loves nature like you do and being in the water to say, I'm a little scared and I don't, I'm not quite sure what will happen. So I think people can appreciate that. But you still have thoughts of this creature daily, yeah. right? Yeah. So that first week of it happening, you know, I couldn't process it for a few days. So I was having some nightmares. I was having some terrors. You know, the nurses would be coming in the room, checking me out. They'd check me out, I think, every few hours or so, giving me antibiotics, flushing me out, making sure all the bacteria is out of my system. And even if, you know, they would rub my leg or touch me and I was freaking out. You know, I just didn't really know what was happening at some point. So... Uh, and then some of the dreams I was having, it was, it turned into like me being in that same situation, getting bit by a shark, but then it eventually turned into like, you know, me sitting at home in my bed and a, and a shark blasting through the door, you know, and it was, it was just really kind of crazy. Uh, I've gotten over that at this point, you know, I haven't really been replaying that, those thoughts in my head as much anymore though. So this is week two I'm on right now. So it's been a lot better pain wise, mentally and all that sort of stuff. It's not as draining. I would imagine, yeah, that would t take a mental toll on you. The other thing you have to watch out for, especially for an active guy like you, you said you do triathlons, you you bike, you do all this stuff, you surf. It's going to be hard to be out of commission for a while. When when are you going to be back at it to where maybe you could go for a jog or a bike ride? Yeah, it's going to be at this point uh, five weeks. And that's just to be putting weight on my foot. So there's going to probably be some recovery time with that too. So there'll be some most likely be some PT involved with that. Um, but I, I'm happy with it for now. I kind of get to slow down a little bit because I'm always, always doing, doing going, going, something. Yeah. So it's, it's nice to kind of, you know, collect my thoughts again, kind of rethink life and my perspective and where I'm headed overall. So, yeah, I think one of the things that I realized from this too, and I knew it before because we, uh, I've done stories with O-Search and they study sharks and they tag them and show us where they ping off the coast of Florida. And most of the sharks, they would ping or the day I was with them, the sharks were less than half a mile from shore. They're right there where the people are swimming. Do you feel yeah. like people don't realize that they're that close to shore, even though you don't, most of the time you don't see them? Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, with that too, you know, there's, there's shark migration now. So, I mean, for people that are visiting here, uh, you know, snowbirds, uh, tourists, anybody, it's like, I guess your only, your only chance to really know what's going on is to check the news or check with the ocean rescue, see what's going on, see if there's any activity out there. That day that it happened to me, you know, the counties north and south of me both had uh, blue flags out, and that means marine life. Uh, the beach I went to had no flags out. So, mm. you know, it's not foolproof, you know, and I, I think for most people, it's good to just be aware that is a common thing in Florida. You know, it's, it's they're, they're out there for sure, especially this time around, too. So, yeah, I mean, you have to, you just have to know, you know, if you like, I like to ride motorcycles. If you ride a motorcycle, you know, there's some danger involved. If you mm -hmm. surf, you know, it's not a great chance of getting bit getting bitten by a shark but but it does happen and i'm glad you yeah. seem to have a you seem to have a really positive attitude about it and uh i'm glad you're going to be okay man if uh, losing those toes or something like something permanent uh would be terrible this is bad enough matt piccarelli <laughs>
Thank you for sharing your story. We're glad you're on the road to recovery and so sorry you had to go through this, but that is life in this beautiful state of Florida. It comes with some baggage. Let us know when you hit the water again. Let us know when you're out there surfing again. Yeah, yeah. I'm ready. I'm ready. I'm waiting. Simmer down. Simmer down. (laughs) Give it a month or two, Matt Piccarelli. Thank you so much. That was great. Thank you, guys. Appreciate you, you, man. And thank you for watching Florida's Fourth Estate. You can download it from wherever you listen to podcasts or watch anytime on News 6+.